Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me in another episode. On another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast, this is part three to the Minnesota Chasing the Opener series. And guys, I am stoked to be on here on the podcast. So many things to update you on, tell you about um, the last leg of the Minnesota um, part of the Chasing the Opener series uh, this year. We had the day two hunt. Um, we had <laughs> um, a breakdown on the drive back as well, um, which got some you know some crazy crazy times. Uh, but yeah, stay tuned for all that. I don't want to spoil it yet. Tell it in chronological order here. Uh, but before we jump into the main part of the podcast, let's get a quick word from our partners. And we'll jump on into the main meat of the podcast. First off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Motion Ducks, guys. Motion Ducks, they are the partner for this trip. This trip is presented by Motion Ducks, guys. Motion Ducks is the jerk rig on steroids, um, and it looks it looks awesome. It looks awesome. If you haven't seen it, you got to see a video of it because me describing it is not good enough. It puts lifelike motion in your spread. You got ducks moving around all powered by um, a, you pulling the jerk rig string and, and having the motion ducks uh, go into motion. Uh, it puts ripples in the water. Uh, this time of year for me, especially on some of these like thicker vegetation, um, wood duck, marshy spots, it, the big thing is the the lifelike motion. Um, it attracts those birds. There's a lot of lily pads up, a lot of vegetation still, um, and having that movement um, draws their attention 100%. So check them out, guys. Uh, it sets up in minutes, and uh, it's just it's just a great tool. If you're not using it, um, you definitely should check it out and give it a try. You can use code DuckGun10 over there at Motion Ducks and get a discount and get your hands on one of those motion duck spreaders. Also like to give a big thanks to Onyx. We've been using Onyx a ton on this trip. Everywhere we go, we're in the boat, we're pulling it up. Um, we're making tracks so we can follow. Uh, I went into this certain marsh on there at the boat launch, um, talking to the guy, one of the guys and his man, you're going in there. I'm definitely not going in there. I don't want to get stuck. Uh, so in the daylight when we were out there scouting, I was able to put a track down and stay within the mud cuts, stay within the deep parts, because when it gets dark out there and you go back trying to get to your spot um, in in the before dawn darkness, uh, having those tracks keeps you out of trouble. So definitely, uh, definitely a lot of tools for the duck hunter on there. It's most notably known for getting permission or knowing your public land boundaries. You can have it right there on your phone. So check them out, guys. Onyx, great product for the duck hunter. Also like to give a big thanks to Final Approach. Guys, it's coming into season for a lot of us, 
or it's going to be season season now. Go through your checklist now. You know you're going to go out there on opening day and you're going to be missing something or you have something damaged or something from last year that you need for your hunting group, your, your hunting crew, your hunting group. Um, so right now, make that checklist so you're not up a creek without a paddle. F.A., Final approach there, the one-stop shop for the duck hunter. They got the decoys. They got the waders. They got um, just about everything you can imagine, A-frames, blinds, uh, and and more. So check them out over there, guys, and you can use, you can use code DUCKGUN over there and get yourself a discount over there at brand, brand, fabrands.com, fabrand, fabrand. There, there, I corrected myself, fabrand.com. Also, like to give big thanks to Weatherby. Guys, Weatherby has some great options for uh, the waterfowler. Sam was using the Weatherby Element, their budget friendly uh, shotgun. He was running the 20 gauge, uh, and it is, a, it is a workhorse for sure. Uh, they also have some more um, high dollar, top of the line waterfowl shotguns with the uh, Weatherby 18i. Um, my new favorite this year, uh, the 18i. I should I should finish that. The 18i is another semi-automatic offering. Um, my new favorite this year is the Orion SXS. There, I said it right in the first try. The side by side, and I'm running that with the 12 gauge, and that's all that I've shot for waterfowl season so far. I'm just going to keep that train rolling because uh, who knows? Maybe I'll go the whole season just shooting a side by side. It'll be a, a cool test. Uh, but it really hasn't slowed me down too much. I'm doing fine on the ducks with just two shots instead of three. But anyways, guys, I'm getting carried away. Weatherby has some great waterfowl shotguns. So, Jeff, definitely, when you're in need for a waterfowl shotgun, check them out. Consider Weatherby because they got some some great guns over there for the waterfowl hunter. Alrighty, let's go ahead and jump on into the main part of the podcast. Um, so... Tonight, a little different because I am flying solo. Uh, we kind of ran out of time and energy energy on the trip to fully go through um, everything we needed to for the hunt, to be able to get, jump back on the podcast. Uh, like I said, we had um, the drive back. We had um, a breakdown. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to leave that hanging for you, but uh, and I slept for a lot of it. I was just completely exhausted. Uh, going into the drive back. So all that to say, I'm on my own. Dad and Sam are are both off to their own houses. So I got to do the task to to finish off the series. And man, let me tell you, this series, Chasing the Opener, I had no idea when I when I started this, what, like four or five years ago, what is going to grow into. This this year is, is going to be crazy. And, you know, the Minnesota trip, uh, definitely did not disappoint. Um, I want to summarize a little bit in case you missed part one and part two. Um, in case you missed it, I'm going to give you kind of a brief summary summary of how we got to it. But if you if you missed it, you should just go back and listen to those. Also, I need to mention that the full hunt is coming out um, when this one came out. Let's see. Probably came out like it's already out now. When this podcast comes out, the full film from the whole trip it's going to be like 30 minutes long of both hunts the scout day uh the breakdown all that good stuff into one crazy minnesota 
Chasing the Opener film. So over there on YouTube, Duck and Chronicles, um, a great <laughs> combination to have these podcasts and the YouTube full film. So all that, all that information for you. Now, yeah, let's start from the beginning. Brief summary. Um, so we headed out to Minnesota. First day out there, we scouted for 14 hours. Water levels were low. Um, bird numbers also, I would say, were low. We did see a good amount first light, but then the rest of the day, um, we really struggled everywhere we looked. We tried to find some really good wood duck holes. That was kind of one of my goals, um, but we just weren't finding them for whatever reason. Um, so our spirits were a little low, but at the end of the day, we did find a good spot with plenty of water compared to everywhere else that was dry and seemed like we'd be surrounded by crowds. Um, leading into that, we got up bright and early on the first hunt day around like two in the morning. It was just downpouring like you wouldn't believe. So we sat it out in the Airbnb for two hours. We saw a gap in the storm. We jumped in the truck, got everything loaded up, got on the road, and it started to downpour again. We got to the boat launch. There's probably already about 10 boats that were out already on the water. Kudos to those guys sitting it out in the rain, in thunderstorms, um, and then we put our boat in as well. Got to our spot. It was through a pretty shallow and sketchy mud run that we barely, a mud cut. We barely made it through the mud cut into this shallow marsh, um, but it was great. There was only one other boat that made it in there, and one group walked in. So really hit the jackpot on having a large um, area to ourself, uh, which I was super excited about. We set up, we were really in between two spots. We set up at one. We literally were sitting there in our boat waiting. I went to leave. I did a circle. I stopped in that spot again. And then I had a, a gut feeling a hunch that the North side of the marsh would be better. Part of that was to get away from one of the groups that set up. Turned out we really wouldn't have been that close to them. They're walking in and, you know, at night with those headlamps, sometimes it looks closer than it really was. They were over 300 yards away. Um, but anyways, we scooted up to the north part of the marsh, and that was an error. It turned out. It turned out that it was just not where we needed to be. The birds were flying, but they didn't want to have anything to do with our set. Um, and after two hours of not shooting birds on opening day, which is like a huge blow. You, when you take uh, like a, a seven-hour drive, you scout for 14 hours, you feel like you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's and trying to do everything right to make sure you have a good spot to hunt and a good hunt on opener. But if I've learned anything, it's to make those moves, and I probably should have done it sooner. But the amount of birds we saw, I was just kind of hoping – that something would change and they'd start looking at our set instead of just flying on these flight paths and not really dipping down into the decoys. So unfortunate, but we made the move two hours in on opening day and that's when things started to heat up. We ended up shooting a handful of wood ducks and a pair of mallards um, and had a good time. So we, we had way more opportunities for us. Um, but you know, between the rusty shooting of all three of us, um, 
you know, some of us more than others, but not all of us hunt as much as I do. That all being said, we ended with five, had a lot more opportunities. Um, the move paid off big. So it was something we did feel like, all right. I know if we would have started at that spot and I wouldn't have made the wrong choice, which is totally on me, um, we would have ended with a lot more birds. That being said, it's not always about it. Uh, I've talked about it on the previous podcast. This is uh, what I would consider a family hunt with my dad and brother-in-law, which I was super excited for um, this group. This group is one of the the mo- most things I was looking forward to um, during season so or during off-season, looking forward to season. Um, and, yeah, we had, we had a great time regardless of – of not really even uh, being in the ball game for being close to our, our limits. So um, jump to day two. Well, yeah, jump to day two. We set up um, where we saw birds going at first light, not too far from where we sat up on um, the second part of day one. And so now, now we're all summarized. We're caught up. Um, but, First light, we had wood ducks coming in. Um, we shot some good wood ducks. And now, now I'm trying to remember, guys. A lot has happened. But um, <laughs> we shot a handful of wood ducks. We shot um, a couple till and just had a solid morning. You know, nothing crazy. We had birds coming in. Um, Tim let me borrow his dog. And let me tell you guys, having... Having a dog in in places like that is, I just can't imagine how anybody hunts without them. I mean, I guess I can't imagine. You have to be really, really selective on your shots. You can't have anything that doesn't land in the water in front of you because if it lands in brush at all, um, not having a dog is like not having legs, you know. Um, it's, it's almost, I don't know, unimaginable um, for a hunting scenario. So... It was great to have Tim's dog, Wes, there. He found multiple of our birds because they did land in the brush. Um, but at the end of the day, I shot four for four, uh, two wood ducks, two teal. Um, we talked about it on the last hunt. Uh, Sam was still in good spirits, uh, but this was his first time in like three years hunting. So it was kind of a big deal to get him out, especially on an out-of-state trip. Um, it would have been, you know, it would have been a little heartbreaking to travel all this way and not shoot a single duck. Um, he shot two wood ducks, and um, he was pretty pretty uh, excited about that. It's especially you know when considering the previous day that uh, he was you know skunked um, and <laughs> going all that way. You definitely have some expectation of um, getting on on the birds. So something I want to talk about out in this marsh, and and I was I was not expecting uh, this to um, this to be a thing for Minnesota. I've been through Minnesota. I don't recall seeing like the the hilly, scenic um, areas, uh, but that's what we were in right there off the Mississippi River. There was tons of hills. I mean, it was absolutely gorgeous. You know. Um, and the the leaves were just starting to turn, where it's like a couple trees here and there. I can imagine um, with a little bit more cold weather in like a week or two, 
uh, that place with the color change would be um, just absolutely phenomenal um, for for the view. So even without that, just having the hills in the black background and it was kind of cloudy and misty, um, it just, man, I, if you guys aren't going to, you guys need to jump over to the video. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. So you can get the visual. There's only so much that I can do with words to describe kind of how it looked. Um, for me, it was just a really, really cool place. And, you know, I was, I was just super grateful to be able to be out in the marsh chasing birds and God's creation. Um, and, and for me, you know, that was just, I don't know. It was just a, a good reminder seeing the the beauty out there and, and kind of take a, a step back and, and take it all in and not be like rushing around. And, and you get that way anyways, when the ducks come in, but you know, just being out there regardless of the number of ducks, um, I don't know. It was just, it felt like a, a special marsh and a, a special place um, to be chasing birds. And, you know, um, I don't know. I'm just super grateful for the opportunities I have to, to travel around. And, um, you know, I've gone from North Dakota to Iowa to um, UP Michigan to Kansas. And, and there's just so many places, so many sites, um, so many cool habitats to get out there and chase ducks. And I know we do have some pushback from states right now for the traveling duck hunter. There's a little bit of animosity and um, out there for that. But I'm going to, you know, I, I'm still going to shout it from the, the hilltops. You know, you guys got to get out there. You got to travel because there's so many things, so many different cool opportunities we have as duck hunters um, to hunt these beautiful creatures um, and, and cool settings and cool areas. Um, and I, I really love the public land kind of freelance style. Um, it's just so fulfilling to be able to, to get out there and, and, you know, me and Elliot have talked about it before and the way he said it is like anybody could have gone out there and got these ducks and I did it. So, um, like we didn't have a banger, but we did, you know, we put some, we put some ducks together first time out there getting in the, getting in the marsh, in in non ideal conditions, uh, through the low water to the torrential downpours, to all that, and well, you know, we had we just had a really enjoyable time. So, um, I love I love hunts like this. I love um, I love the chasing opener series. <laughs> I really do. I love the the chasing the opener series, and yeah, yeah. So it was great. It was it was definitely great. Um, and not to mention. Uh, opener, the first big duck opener of the season, and um, something that I kind of want to build for my family. I'm already building for myself is the tradition of of openers. Um, there's just something about it. Everybody's getting out there. People are getting together. <sighs> Taking a drink real quick, and uh, you know I got some young ones in the family from nieces to nephews to my daughters to, you know, just up and coming hunters. And I really want to pass along not only the tradition of duck hunting, you know, um, but the tradition of openers, the tradition of, you know, it's almost like the night before Christmas. That's how I feel about it. You know, as a kid, it really brings that back out in me. Um, You can't sleep. You're thinking about it. There's so much, um, anticipation. There's so much anticipation for 
what the morning is going to bring. Uh, I would say openers a lot of times, just because you have the local birds, um, you don't have to necessarily have a north wind or cold front or a storm system that brings in birds. They're already there because you have local birds that, that are already in the area. So those openers always have um, a high chance of being uh, one of the best hunts of the year. So all that kind of put together the tradition of openers, regardless of the pressure, you know, it's, it's something that happens and it's part of it. And it's part of the, the, the tradition. I mean, that's, that's why I, I do the chase in the opener series. Just, I love all of it. We can get to the, the rest of season and have those hunts where you're getting out there and scenic locations, not having to worry about people as much, but that's, that's almost part of the anticipation and so far, I haven't had very many hunts on openers ruined, like absolutely ruined by people. Um, maybe I have a few. I'm trying to think back. But, yeah. Anyways, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit on that. But <laughs> it's definitely something that, uh, you know, I, I feel strongly about from uh, the tradition to sharing that tradition with others to um, helping that grow uh, with the up and coming hunters I got. I mean, I want, I want those hunters to know, um, you know, what a duck hunter is and what it means to be a duck hunter. And I think that part of that is the openers and the tradition there. And part of that is trying to get out away from people and having, um, immersive hunts out in the wild, chasing wild ducks in wild places. So yeah, yeah. Get off my, I'll get off my soapbox now and jump to kind of the the conclusion of the whole trip, which got pretty crazy, pretty fast. Um, We got on the road. We had a a six-and-a-half-hour drive back, and I was just totally exhausted. I told the guys, like, hey, I've been driving pretty much 99% of the time um, from the time we left to between every hunt, you know, we went to eat, all that good stuff. And I didn't mind doing it at all, but I was, what I'm getting at is I was just exhausted. Uh, zero naps, just, <laughs> just, which am I getting old if I'm, if I'm uh, complaining about zero naps, that, that, that is uh, a little bit concerning uh, because I'm not old yet, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's coming, it's creeping on me. Um, but little to no, little, not, not no sleep, little sleep at night. We're talking probably like four to five hours average if that for the last three days and i just wasn't going to be able to to drive back so dad and sam took turns took turns driving sam was behind the wheel and we were rounding around chicago usa usa's deadliest city (laughs) and one of the trailer tires comes off the trailer we're literally driving around coming around a ramp and um, sure enough, here comes or Sam. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I think I might've been asleep. I woke up and um, Sam says, Hey, we lost a tire. Like we had uh, a loud thump. I thought maybe it was like a pothole or something, uh, but we were literally grinding the flange of the axle on the cement so Sam pulls us over to the edge. Another guy comes behind us, flashes on. We're looking. No tire on the trailer at all, which is crazy. Didn't even know that was like a possibility. But, I mean, obviously it is. Not something I considered. 
as a danger on the way back. Um, but the guy pulls behind us, uh, older fellow. He was also a duck hunter, saw our stuff, saw our, our plight, and stopped, put his flashers on, let us know where the tire went, um, and, and he even helped us out a little bit. So it was, it was kind of cool when he went to leave, something he said. He's like, hey, man, uh, if you were uh, pulling uh, a jet ski, <laughs> if you were pulling a jet ski, ah, I would have just kept on going. But, yeah, I saw all the duck hunting stuff, and I was up there in northern Wisconsin duck hunting as well, and, you know, us duck hunters got to stick together. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool for that old old guy to say, and um super glad he stopped and helped us. Dad, Dad actually was able to find and recover the tire um, that uh, the old man saw rolling down the hill. Dad saw the, the skinny trail of all the grass knocked down from the tire and chased it down, I don't know, a good two, 300 yards uh, down to where the tire was and, and brought it back. Um, so our plan was with no tire, we took the good bolts from half the good bolts from the other side and bolted the tire back on, uh, but those bolts had gone loose. So I think four of the five bolts had fallen out and one had snapped off. Um, but they had, they had been loose for a little bit because it mushroomed out the holes and we didn't have threads left to thread the bolts. Um, we found that out by driving about 500 to a thousand yards and, um, we lost all but one of the bolts. So we're sitting there with one bolt in each tire and, um, we had to run for parts. It took us three stores, O'Reilly's, Lowe's, and O'Reilly's again um, to get enough bolts, uh, get a assembly for the uh, the bushing, and um, yeah, it was it was just uh, <laughs> it was a long, stressful night. Uh, we we got a grease gun once we got that uh, the bearing assembly back on there. Um, the grease gun just completely fell apart. Had another guy from Chicago. So, hey, not everybody from Chicago is bad. I'll just say that, you know. <laughs> we found some nice nice people out there in Chicago. He had a grease gun in his truck he let us use, so we were able to get the grease into the the bearing assembly. Um, yeah, so got back on the road. We had the bolts that we could get from uh, two different stores to get, get enough bolts to, to get us back on the road and even when we're doing it they weren't the right bolts we had to use bolts that would go all the way through the tire and the flange and then put nuts and lock washers so they're undersized like i said the threads were gone um so as we're driving back sam's like oh man it feels like i'm holding a grenade and the pin's not in it and that's that's how it felt after losing the tire twice um between you know when it fell off on the ramp and then again uh when we lost the bolts and, and, uh, you know, had to detach the, the boat trailer and, and run for parts. So yeah, yeah. A little crazy. It turned a six and a half hour drive into an 11 hour drive. And instead of getting home, you know, uh, with plenty of time to kind of relax and get to sleep and, and be ready for work the next day, uh, we ended up getting home around one in the morning and, uh, having to work the next day after, you know, the grind of a chasing the opener, um, three days scouting hard, no sleep, hunting hard, no sleep again and hunting hard. Um, yeah, it definitely took its toll on us, but all that to say, uh, you know, Sam, Sam actually said it the best. He said, 
I had, I feel like I had a year of adventures in one weekend. So in my reply to that was welcome to duck hunting and uh, <laughs> probably more aptly uh, welcome to duck hunting with me because uh, I seem to get myself in lots of situations and uh, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I Maybe I'm biased, but I, I think it's all for better memories and, and better stories uh, years from now, sharing those with, with others and sharing like the tradition of openers and we'll be, Hey man, you remember the Minnesota chasing the opener where this happened and that happened and all the craziness. And man, yeah, that was, that was a, looking back. It was a good time. Maybe not in the heat of the moment for a few of the, the crazy parts. Um, but looking back, it was a good time. So, um, what's up next guy? What's coming up next is I'm back on the road, man. It was a grind getting all this content turned over three podcasts, the full film all in three days, got all those posted for you now. So if you need your content fix before your opener, you have all that, but now I'm jumping in the truck. As soon as I get done recording this, actually I'm jumping I'm not, I'm not jumping in the truck. I'm packing up the truck, the truck. And then the next day we're leaving for the next leg of the chasing the opener. Um, super excited for this. It's the non-resident opener for North Dakota. First time going up for that early of a trip in North Dakota. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. So going with Kev's going with my buddy, uh, Zach Conrad as well. And yeah, I got to get packing and get going it's going to be a blast. And then straight from there, we're heading for uh, the Iowa opener, keeping the chase in the opener series rolling. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying these uh, live updates of the chase in the opener on the podcast. I know I'm enjoying doing them. Um, and I hope you guys are too. Uh, if you are the best way you can support the duck gun podcast is to tell your buddies, tell the hunters, you know, um, help spread the message of the duck gun podcast. Um, you know, it'll, it'll help me out a ton. I put a lot of work into this, uh, and I know you guys are enjoying it. So we'll keep them rolling and we'll keep, uh, the, the hunting spirit alive with the podcast. We'll help build the tradition for duck hunters, um, for years to come and help spread the, the message of conservation as well. Um, that's all we got for today, guys. Stay tuned. Like I said, a ton of stuff coming. The season's just getting started. I'm Jordan, Duck and Chronicles, and we'll see you guys on the next one.